0: Welcome. You're listening to the RPC Sermons Podcast. You can join us for virtual worship every Sunday at roswellpress.org. Thanks for listening. So good to see you here at Roswell Presbyterian Church. Welcome. It's a joy to be in worship with you this morning. We're going to continue this morning our sermon series. We're calling it a family meeting. And I know I, I met a bunch of visitors um, before the service. And I, This is called a family meeting. We're having a family conversation about our faith family, about the important matters, the business matters of the church. And so it can be a little awkward looking in while the family's having that kind of conversation. But we want to be upfront about it. And we're open about what we do here and what we're about. And you, just by listening, might Say, I want this to be my faith family. And so if that's the case, let one of us know. We'd love to welcome you into membership here at RPC. Well, we've talked about the business of the church. We've talked about the ministries that happen within, inside it. We've talked about the mission that goes outside, outside the church walls. We've talked about the important financial matters of how do we make all of this happen. And this is what it means to be a part of the chosen family here at Roswell Presbyterian Church. And if you missed it last week, Lindsay preached a fantastic sermon. In fact, at the 8, after the 815, sort of someone came up to me and said, uh, that was the best generosity sermon I've ever heard, Jeff. And I said, did you hear Lindsay's last week? She said, no. I said, well, then you missed out on the best generosity sermon that's ever been preached. Because it was fantastic. And she talked about the difference RPC's ministries are making in our congregation and in our community's life. And today's Commitment Sunday. We're asking everybody, to, whether it's a commitment card, you can get one out here in the lobby. Um, we emailed them out to you. You can also go to roswellpress.org forward slash give to make a commitment about what you plan to give to the ministry and mission here at RPC in next year, in 2023. So I invite you to do that. Well, today we're going to look at a passage from 1 Corinthians 16. I think 1 Corinthians, if we read it, We kind of like stop either before or kind of skip over chapter 16, but there's a really interesting four verses here that I want to focus in on today. 1 Corinthians 16, verses 1 through 4, as Paul talks about his own family meeting in the early church. He writes, now concerning the collection for the saints, you should follow the directions I gave to the churches of Galatia. On the first day of every week, each of you is to put aside and save whatever extra you earn, so that collections need not be taken when I come. And when I arrive, I will send any whom you approve with letters to take your gift to Jerusalem. If it seems advisable that I should go also, they will accompany me. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Gracious and loving God, we ask that in the next few moments you might be our teacher that you might speak a word to our hearts that only you can speak. Yes, we're talking about the nitty-gritty, kind of seems mundane business of the church, but it's no less spiritual than anything else we do. And so I pray that you might inspire our hearts to give generously, Lord, so that we can make a difference, both in our congregation but also in our community's life. Now may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. We all have gifts to give And gifts to receive. Now, I don't know if you all know this, but I did not grow up in the South. However, my wife did. In Washington State, I learned manners. I know how to say please and thank you. I know how to say excuse me when I'm going through a door. I know how to walk around a Ford Taurus to let my girlfriend out into a snowbank But when I moved to Atlanta, I had manners. But I didn't have southern manners. Like, did you know how many wrong ways there are to write an address to, to a letter? My wife, as people are leaving the birthday party, she's handing out the thank you notes. So manners were on the top of my mind recently when we were invited to a birthday dinner at this restaurant, and it was a beautiful pre multi-course dinner with about a dozen people. There were delicious cocktails and mocktails. The appetizers were amazing. The main course was delicious. The desserts were absolutely delectable. Everything was amazing and Fantastic. We left and we came home and we looked at each other and we just said, what an honor to be included in that birthday celebration. I think my wife was midway through her thank you note when my phone dings. It's a Venmo payment request. (laughs) The dollar amount was not insignificant it was from the birthday host requesting me to pay for our participation in the birthday dinner. We were surprised. <laughs> Manners. Today, Paul is going to tell us about a huge party we are invited to, but he's also going to tell us about the price of the ticket. In today's passage, Paul is taking up what he calls a collection for the saints. Paul has promised to take a collection from the Gentile ter- churches and take it to the church in Jerusalem. You see, not long before this letter was written, there was a family meeting in Jerusalem. and Paul was invited to it. You know, he was a missionary to the Gentiles. And at this family meeting in Jerusalem, all the leaders of the early church were called and gathered there together. And at the time, Paul notices There in Jerusalem, there is significant financial need in the Jerusalem church. He promises that church. He says, I'm going to go and raise funds from my churches in the Gentile world. I'll collect them, and then I'll bring them back as a gift to you. From what we could piece together, it probably took him about two years to go over the Mediterranean world to collect these funds. The funds were meant to help the church in Jerusalem. But the Apostle Paul encounters two major fundraising challenges that are common to all fundraising challenges, all fundraising projects. First, you must, you must help people have a generous spiritual imagination. See, Paul is raising money from Gentile churches and taking it to the Jewish Jerusalem church. These are folks who normally wouldn't have associated with one another. They're not nearby as the crow flies. Corinth is about 800 miles from Jerusalem. It would have taken a long way to travel between the two. These people most likely never had met. But yet they see their lives connected together because of Jesus Christ. Paul is asking them, To imagine these folks in Jerusalem, their lives, their needs, their hopes, their fears, and to give generously to support them. Scholars of the Greco-Roman world that Paul lived in said that these kinds of fundraising efforts were common, but there was something distinctive about how Paul went about it there was a way that was different the way he went about it than almost all the other kind of voluntary associations in the Greco-Roman world you see they did it like most our nonprofits today do it if you give a gift there is a reward you get your name on a building get a prominent place at dinner they give you a standing ovation at the annual meeting there's an exchange You give and you'll get something in return. But not so with Paul. Paul says that this is a a spiritual act. It's it's an act of generosity. It's an act of stewardship. He says there's not going to be anything given in return. There's not a quid pro quo. You give me this, I'll give you that. Paul writes in verse 3, And when I arrive, I will send any whom you approve with letters to take your gift to Jerusalem. Jerusalem that word for gift there in greek is charis we usually translate it grace grace unmerited favor and unmerited or unearned gift it's generosity he's clear that this collection is a gift no one is going to receive payback honor a special seat in church to be serenaded by trenton that's not going to happen it's a gift it's true generosity with nothing asked for in return. You know, I don't know if you knew this, but at RPC, there's only a few people who know what people give, the amounts they give to the church budget. Some folks in the business office know because they need to keep track of the funds. And then I know because generosity and stewardship is a pastoral issue. But that's it. Why? Because we don't want to think anybody to think because they give more than somebody else, they're any better. They're any more valued. We don't want people to know because when they walk into church, you might be tempted to slide down, make room for them. No. Everyone is called to give and discern what God is calling you to give. Generosity. That's the first hurdle, the challenge we must get over. We're not going to get any special credit for giving. We have to see the benefit to giving in a generous spiritual imagination. We all have gifts to give and gifts to receive. The second challenge to giving though is because feelings are fleeting, generosity is a discipline. Generosity is a discipline. One of the reasons Paul reminds the Corinthians that he's gonna come to collect this gift is that it seems that they've lost their initial enthusiasm. Their initial energy, their initial excitement. Has this ever happened to you? Got so excited about an activity, an endeavor, and then it wore off? You wonder, why did I ever say I would do that? (laughs) Why was I so excited last Sunday, and what happened now? Why in the world did I commit to that? When I think about this issue, I... I think what you're all thinking, I think of the late 90s movie Swingers. <laughs> Starring Vince Vaughn and John Favreau. Remember they're living in Los Angeles. John Favreau's girlfriend's broken up with him and he's just devastated. He's pining away. And so Trent, who's was played by Vince Vaughn, comes up with an idea, take his mind off, and he says, Let's drive to Las Vegas. And they get all excited, Vegas, yeah, let's go to Vegas. So they put on their fancy suits. They get in the car, they leave, it's already dark, so it's probably about nine o'clock. And on the way, they begin chanting, Vegas, baby, Vegas, Vegas, baby, Vegas. Get so excited, Favreau's thumbing through all the cash in his hands. He says, do you think we'll get there by midnight? Vince Vaughn says, oh, we'll be up 500 by midnight. Vegas, baby, Vegas. And then it cuts to about an hour and a half later. They're still driving, and they're nowhere near Las Vegas. One of them yawns, and the other one whispers, Vegas, baby, Vegas. The scene is so funny because we all can identify with feeling initial enthusiasm, but sometimes the enthusiasm and excitement wears off. We lose steam. And the Corinthians were chanting, the Jerusalem collection, baby, the Jerusalem collection, baby. And then now they're whispering, what Jerusalem collection? And Paul says, he gives very practical advice. He says, generosity is a discipline. Notice what he writes in verse 2. On the first day of every week, each of you is to put aside and save whatever extra you earn so that collections need not be taken when I come. In response to the fleetingness of feelings, generosity is a discipline. He says, on the first day of the week, set some money aside. If you do this every week and everyone in the church does it, by the end, you'll have a large gift. you have a large gift to send to the church in Jerusalem. You need regular, disciplined generosity. One person isn't called to give everything. No, everyone is called to give something. We, when we ask you to give of your tithes and offerings, this is not a surcharge. It's not a fee. It's not a price or admission. It's a gift. We're all called to give out of what God has given to us. We all bless out of our blessing. We all have gifts to give and gifts to receive. We all play our part in the grand project, the grand ministry and mission that we're a part of here. A few years ago, Courtney and I had the opportunity to go to Italy, and one of our favorite places was going to see the Duomo in Florence. It's our favorite, not just because it's breathtakingly beautiful, but also because of the story behind it. You know, they began building it in 1294, and it took them over 600 years to finish it. And one of the things I love about this story is that when they wrote out the initial plans, they did not have the technology to finish the dome at that time. They were either terrible planners or people of great faith. (laughs) A dome of this size hadn't been built since antiquity over a thousand years before. But yet, they set out to build it. In 1418, one of the great stories is the Wool Merchants Guild set up a contest. Set up a contest to see who would be responsible to finish the dome. And there were two main competitors, Lorenzo Ghiberti and Filippo Brunelleschi. And their challenge was, was to stand an egg up on end on a slab of marble and only Brunelleschi could do it, and so he won the contract, and so he was responsible over the course of his life of using four million bricks to build that dome. Took most of his life. He built the architectural structure, figured out a way to get the bricks up, to keep the people up there, to build this dome. Six hundred years, and I just I love how amazing that it is that these folks had a dream that they were participating in something much bigger than themselves. Those folks who started it knew that they would never be around to see its completion, yet they were committed. All the bricklayers and benefactors and masons and engineers, all the people who gave of their time and their resources who would never see the final outcome. They did it day by day brick by brick, stone by stone for over 600 years. I'm so glad they did. We are blessed here at RPC that we're not beholden or reliant on just one or a handful of big givers. Now everybody is called to give what they can, to give out of their extra, to help meet the needs of our ministry and mission that God calls us to. We're not called to give everything, but to give something. As Paul says, on the first day of every week, each of you is to put aside and save whatever extra you earn so that collections need not be taken when I come. There's all sorts of ways we try to encourage you to practice this discipline, generosity. Some people write a check and put it in the offering basket every week. Some do it annually. Some do it quarterly. Others, they discipline themselves through a direct withdrawal. It comes out periodically so they don't have to worry about it. Other people give stock. But we, whatever it is, we all have gifts to give and gifts to receive. You know, in Scripture, there are three main reasons we are called to give. Number one, those who have extra are called to give to those who are in need. Second, we give a portion of what we have as a reminder to ourselves that all we have is God's. And third, we give in response to God's great gift to us revealed in Jesus Christ. Our gift Our grace and graciousness is rooted in God's prior grace. So, a few days after that Venmo request, and the party bill was paid, and my wife and I were eating a mediocre meal that she didn't cook, and we started talking about that birthday dinner. That birthday dinner was really amazing. That food was fantastic, wasn't it? And those people we got to spend time with it was so fun. I'm so glad we did. And then my wife said something interesting. She said, I'm glad we were able to split the cost of the dinner to celebrate with our friends. I just would have liked to have been asked. Friends? Here is the ask. (laughs) Give to the ministry and mission of Roswell Presbyterian Church. I'm not embarrassed by it. I'm not going to pull any punches. When you give, it helps us make a difference in our congregation, but also in our community. We all have gifts to give and gifts to receive. Let's pray. Gracious and loving God, we thank you, the great gift you have given us in Jesus Christ. I pray that we might feel it in our hearts. And Lord, that it might inspire us to generously give back. Lord, that we're not enriching ourselves, but we're using these resources to make a difference, to be your hands and feet in the world as you empower us by your spirit. We thank you. In your name we pray. Amen. You've been listening to the RPC Sermons Podcast. Please let us know you're here by visiting roswellpress.org and signing our digital friendship register. May the grace and love of God be with you today and throughout the rest of your week. Thanks for listening.